Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm settled in. I'm super chill, and and of course, I'm pushing the the boundaries of time today. I'm like, well, I'm gonna refill my water, and oh, I'm gonna go get some more coffee, and then the dreaded. I copy the link, open Instagram, and I have a notification. Are we on? Of course we're on. <laughs> I'm just. <running. laughs> I was just checking because I knew that last week I told you about the change in daylight savings time, but I was fairly certain we'd agreed to keep it at this time. But then part of me went, "Did we move it back an hour?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this is as close to like you know being very formal and professional as we get as we try to have a start time. Um, <clears throat> I just. You know, I, I like to, apparently I like to run late every once in a while, but it's all good. Here we are. Well, it works out well. You know, what do they say? Treat them mean, keep them keen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think where we need to start, very, very big thing happening tomorrow for for you and your hair, right? Yeah, I'm chopping it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's time to stop listening to my mother and stop hiding behind my hair. Plus, it's dead and it needs a good cut. And, um, yeah, it's just hard. It sounds so silly, right? But if you have ever been a big woman and you've ever hidden behind your hair, cutting your hair is very confronting because all of a sudden I can't hide behind it anymore. And if my face looks round, there's no hiding that. That's just my face I mean I could contour it but I'm not a Kardashian so I'm not that good at it <laughs> and, um, yeah but I just sort of I've been tossing and turning with it for a while and it just it really needs it it really yeah. needs it and the only time I like my hair is the three days after I've gotten it blow dried by a hairdresser so I can't afford to do that every week so <laughs> Well, and I, I can understand, and, and you, uh, apparently, because of the, the words of your stylist, your hair grows back quicker than anyone's, which I, I think It does. It does grow back very, very quickly. So. But it still takes, like, I mean, it would if you were to grow your hair back to where it is right now, I think you said it would take, what, probably a year or so? Is that correct? Yeah, about a year. About a year. If I give it a good cut, about a year. So that's yeah, not that I, long. I, and, yeah, it, I'm always off season though, because they always say you should cut your hair in summer and grow it in winter. And I'm always the opposite. It's like I used to always dye my hair lighter in winter and darker in summer. And you're supposed to do it the other way around as well. But um, yeah, it's just time for a freshen. You just basically do your own thing. You do what you want when you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just I think it's really difficult when you've grown up with a concept of beautiful and and my mother always told me that long hair was beautiful and that men loved long hair and that you know and all of these things and so and that my face looks so much rounder the shorter my hair is and you know what maybe my face does look rounder when my hair is shorter but I wear my hair up most yeah, of the time. So it, it's not, 
you know, every now and then I take it down for an Instagram photo or I, t- you know, I get it blow dried and I wear it down for a week. And, um, <laughs> and everyone's like, your hair is amazing. You have mermaid hair. And I'm like, oh, this, this, I just woke up like this. That, that's not true. Right. <laughs> Even when I straighten it myself, which I am incredibly bad at, by the way, there are some women that have this skill where they straighten their hair. It's incredible. That said, I have twice as much hair as the average woman. So <laughs> um, I have incredibly, incredibly thick hair. And it's very curly too. And, and yeah, so because I have so much hair, it takes me an hour to straighten my hair. And I kind of, I, I start off with really good intentions. And then I get halfway through and my arm's tired. And I just I, can't be bothered can... anymore. That is, that's baffling to me because it takes me about seven, eight minutes when I'm shaving my head. That's my look, everybody, in case you haven't noticed. Um, And that to me is a major time commitment. So when you're talking about something taking an hour, I'm like, I, I can't even fathom that. Yeah. And then, and then the other part of me is that I really do love to dress retro and I love pinup and rockabilly and the longer my hair is the less likely I dress that way because it it just gets really difficult to do my hair like that when it's long because my hair is so heavy anyway that the longer it gets the harder it is to hold and I just yeah time for change well you have spent some time on the podcast going through this we've talked about it and i think it sounds like a very logical reasonable thing to do for you to chop your hair off so i'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing the uh the photos and the videos well thank you and i uh i feel the need to tell you that i also was having myself a nice hair and nice face afternoon this afternoon because that sometimes happens where you wake up and you look at your face and you think, geez, what did my body to do, do to my face in the middle of the night? Um, <laughs> and so this afternoon I was like, I'm kind of liking my face and my hair is looking all kinds of cute. And I took about seven selfies. So if I have a few weeks there where I really hate the short hair, I've got the old selfies to fall back on. I think... I, I think- <laughs> It's good you have those. Do you like that I thought ahead? Yes, I, I like that logic. And and I will tell you, as I'm sitting here and I'm seeing stuff on social media while you and I are talking, there is a video with the caption that says, telling your parents it's time to do you. So don't worry about what your mom thinks. Uh, just do you. <laughs> well, she'll be over on Saturday because I did big Easter lunch. And it's the first time she's ever come because she usually lives interstate. And, um, yeah, no doubt, no doubt she'll have an opinion, but the truth is she's been a lot kinder with her opinion since she got sick in December. So fingers crossed it's a positive opinion. Hopefully. Hopefully. And if it isn't, fingers crossed I like my hair enough to tell her to stick her opinion, which I would never say. I'd just be like, that's okay, mum. I like it, is what I would say. Yes. Well, and she, your mom does not listen to us, right? She does not listen to the podcast. Oh, no, no, no. My my mom doesn't even have a mobile phone. <laughs> Did I? She got mad at me because I don't have a landline. I'm like, does anybody have a landline? 
<laughs> my mother. My what? Well, yeah, my mother. That's about it. There you go. I didn't even have a home phone. Yeah. I have a home line. I don't know what it is, but it's only so that I could have broadband or <laughs> NBN or whatever they call it now. Oh, because you had to do the bundle for broadband. Yes. Phone. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we actually, we just decided we wanted to pay more and not have a phone line because that price, that price is guaranteed, guaranteed for a year and then they jack up the, the rate and you still have the phone and it's just <laughs> stupid. Anyway, but well, and and I will tell you this is because we talk about we talk about our our um, our mothers and technology. Uh, my, my mom informed me a couple weeks ago that she watched one of my podcasts and, and thought she really liked the hat that I had on. And I'm like, it's a podcast. How did you know what I was wearing? She had watched a video on something. It was not oh, a podcast, so we were we were talking about that. But yeah, it's they'll get there. We'll figure it out. Oh, it's to my mom. It's that talking thing that I do. <laughs> that talking thing when you're talking to your phone. You know that talking. I'm just thing. talking to my phone. But I, do you know what's funny? I had to explain it to my best friend's mom the other night. So, so when we spoke on Thursday night for our ten minutes, Thursday yes. ten that we Which actually 10. did ten. In. Yeah. When we spoke for that, I was at my best friend's mom's place, and and so. Uh, my best friend has been my best friend for over 20 years. She's a few years older than me. She's lived overseas for the last 18 years. Yeah. And, um, and when she was leaving, she gave me a hug and she said, take care of my mom for me. Now, the problem is, is that she told an 18-year-old girl, take care of my mom for me. And an 18-year-old girl agreed to that, not knowing any part of which that, of what that sure. really entailed. Sure. And, particularly not knowing any part of what that entails with modern technology with people that did not grow up with any aspect of technology. So back in 2007, I went to visit my friend. We had Facebook. She had Facebook. She's like, you should set my mum up with Facebook. I'm like, oh, yeah, I will, I will, I will. Now, it took me, I think, about three years to get her mum to, to set up with a laptop. Yes. So, so in about 2010, maybe 2011 I set her mum up with a Facebook account I still regularly get phone calls going I don't understand what this is doing why is it like this? how did it so anyway two years ago I go to visit my best friend and she's like oh, we should set mum up with an Instagram account and I went no you can do that when you come home to visit I'm still dealing with Facebook yeah that would, that would be a whole <laughs> she went <laughs> she's like oh it's not that bad is it and I've gone it's yeah. not it's not that bad I live 40 minutes away from your mother and I still will drive over there to <laughs> deal with most of her IT things because I kind of want to murder her over the phone because <laughs> I'm trying to solve them going oh my god you know just just do no, you just click out of it well what wh- where's the out button it's just that little x but but if I click, no, no, just just click the little X. How do I click the little X? You move, you move the mouse. See that the arrow. X. Put that right. arrow on the X and click it. Yeah, yeah. there's this comedian Ronnie Chang yeah. who talks about um, trying to fix his mother's IT problems, and it makes me both laugh and cry because never was a comedian so on the mark about anything ever. Like to the point where I think he's, he said his mum lives in Singapore or Malaysia or somewhere. And he literally is like, forget it. I'll get on a plane and come and fix it. 
because you're driving me crazy right now. Oh yeah, it's it's hard to explain things <laughs> over the phone. I and and it's funny when you just suggesting setting her up on Instagram is hilarious because those of us that are on Instagram all the time have no idea what they're doing sometimes with this app. So oh yeah, there's no, no sense. No, no. There's no sense putting someone else on it. And and yeah, it's like I just I'm at the point outside of the outside of the podcast because we're doing like just basically a phone call. I don't like doing anything phone call. I would rather do in person or at the very least um, video conference, like just a video call. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just trying to explain something over the phone. No, thanks. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me ever. Oh, gosh, I'm just literally trying to explain how, like the last time I had to update her spyware. Like her anti-spyware on her computer. Oh, that was fun. Okay, yeah, but but it's saying I can't. No, you can still use the computer. Just click it down. And but I can't come over tonight. I I can come over tomorrow night. So, so what explain, am I going to do? So you have, yeah, so you, you, okay, you know what? Just don't use the laptop until tomorrow night. That's funny. Well, yeah, because you you trying you're trying to explain the X out button. You have to now explain the minimize button too. I don't think so. Do you know what makes me laugh? My best friend's brother works in IT. <laughs> but I'm the one that does all this. That's funny. And, and she's like, that's because he doesn't have the patience. And I'm like, no, that's because he's smart enough to not say, yeah, I'll help set up your Facebook. I could not. I, I could, yeah, if you were in, I, I just couldn't even. Uh, I've got a friend that's in IT. And like, I just, I don't, I, I would never ask him questions related to that stuff. Because it's like, I have to imagine when when those folks come home from work, like they just that's the last thing they want to do. Like they just don't want to answer questions about I, I mean, it just oh my gosh. That just took my head somewhere totally different, which is those people that do the jobs that like you know, you ever have a day where you just think like I have days where I think, Oh my god, I just don't want to talk to anybody ever again. <laughs> And then there are people that have particular types of jobs. You know, there are women that sell their company. Can you imagine having to go home to your husband and being like, oh, if I never see another one, it'll be too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. And and I think it's it's fascinating because when you and I entered the workforce there was still very defined hours and there's still a lot of professions where that's the case but now mm. I mean, you are that's the thing when you're working remote is we've just kind of been adapted to where we're we're constantly working and you have to really make a physical effort to check out and if you're doing the um and if you're you're going on vacation you have to have a very specific out of office message so that people that have, you know, their requests are, are getting routed because otherwise you're just going to get a bunch of angry red flagged emails when you get back. But yeah, we're, uh, we're, it's kind of fascinating where things have gone over the last 12 to 15 years or so. I remember, have you ever had to use the, the, what do they call them? The machines where you clock in and clock off. By the way, I should explain my dogs are currently going mental in the background in case anybody listening cannot hear the amazing ruckus that they're currently making. 
if I could work out how to mute things on my end momentarily, I would. Um, the next door neighbor has probably ordained to go out to his letterbox to check if he got any mail today. And this is Molly and Glen Coco going back off. Your driveway is still technically too close to our house. Yes. Our mommy lives here. We protect her. That's right. That's right. Well, they're just doing their job too. They're they're working. Is, they work twenty four seven. This is true. Glenn Coco uh, is a big fan of Game of Thrones, <laughs> um, mostly because he loves it, because he barks at the horses. Oh, that's so it's funny. like every scene he's like, "Is there horses? Is there horses? <sighs> Why are there only people? There's nothing to bark at." And then there'll be a scene with like a hundred horses, and he's like, "Yes." Just like he gets to bark all over at all the horses. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, I, I tried to watch David Attenborough with him once. That was just a mistake. He would not be a fan of Fiona. That's that's a shame. I think everybody should be a fan of Fiona. Oh my gosh. Do you know I have to tell you, I was geeking out hardcore last night because I was looking at the Cincinnati Zoo uh Instagram page mm-hmm. because I was looking to see if they had anything new on Fiona. They have so many cool animals there. They do. Like, they, they have animals that aren't necessarily mainstream animals. You know, like, they have the mainstream zoo ones. You know, they've got their elephants and their lions and all that sort of stuff. But they also have small cats. Oh, they have a cat house. With all kinds that is of, cool. Yeah. And it smells like a big litter box. Oh, yeah. That part I would not like so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm so funny with cats because I used to say that I wasn't a cat person, but now I just say that I'm very particular about the cats. I am not a cat person at all. We had cats growing up. Those cats were okay, but in general, I'm not a cat person. My sister has always been a cat person, right? Actually, Kelly's just an animal lover in general. Yeah. But Kelly, uh, when her and her husband first moved in together, um, he brought his cat over to the house. And and this is a cat that he'd gotten, he'd been given as company for when he was going through treatment. He was having cancer treatment this very long time ago. And he sort of warned me, he's like, this cat doesn't like anybody except for me. But the cat loved me. The minute I met that cat, I loved that cat and that cat loved me. <laughs> and... I don't know why I just did. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm very particular about the type of cats that I like and given, and, and do you know what? I mean, I like kittens. I'm not a total monster. I like to sure. cuddle a kitten. That's cute, but I'd rather cuddle a puppy. You know, they're just a bit more wriggly and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, dogs are the best. I mean, they, <laughs> there's really no question about that. So, I'm now looking, because you knew this was coming, I'm looking at the top 10 zoos in the U.S., and I'm not seeing Cincinnati even on the list. Really? Is San Diego, like, number San, one? Yeah, That's San the Diego one you always hear one. about. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing is, both the Indianapolis and Columbus Zoo, which are, oh, here we are. We're number nine. Cincinnati's number nine. But... Um, the Columbus Zoo and the Indianapolis Zoo, which are about each two hours away from Cincinnati. They're both on the list, too. So there you go. We have three of the top ten zoos 
in the U.S. within a two-hour drive. I wonder what the top ten zoos in the world are. Well, I was really, that's why I was telling you I'm doing the top U.S. zoos, so you could look that up for worldwide. Oh, look at you. I know, right? Setting up, we're setting it. up topics now. What? You're so cute right now. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> us. That's, I just also saw that you commented on the picture that I sent you. Well, yeah. For and... those of you playing at home, I sent Daryl um, one of these selfies that I took this afternoon. It's a killer selfie, right? Like, it's... Absolutely that's, that's, killer. You know, it's a, it's amazing hair. that I'm still here. That's great skin. That's, like, that's an awesome selfie. Right? <laughs> but, yeah. So, well, okay. and, and here's the other thing, because I don't... You know this. I don't assume anything. So you sent me, and I'm I'm very very like straightforward when like there there's no reading between the lines with me. Like if I'm going to say something, like the words I say are what I mean. So you we were talking, and you're like last week, you're like I'm gonna send you a, a, a you know a picture throughout the week. So you send me this picture, and I'm like, what am I looking at? And you're like, this is the picture I told you I was gonna send you, which I kind of knew, but I don't like assuming things because. What it's if, the Wiggles picture. What? Yes, the Wiggles picture. <laughs> it's the Wiggles picture. Yes. Yes, because we were talking about the Wiggles, and you send this to me, and but you did send it a couple days after we did the podcast too, so it wasn't like right. Yeah, because I forget. I always tell you on the podcast that I'm going to send you something, and then I never do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true, but see, I don't send you anything, so you know. I'm pretty awful. Okay. Are we ready? So this this one I'm looking at now. Yes. Is saying these are the top 10 zoos in the world. I don't know that I completely agree with this, but let's go with it. Okay. So in no particular order, there is Australia Zoo, which is the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin. That's the zoo that he created. And I suppose it's up there for the conservation. But realistically... I also live in a city with a zoo that is on the harbour. I think we, like, it, literally the best views you're ever going to get from a zoo mm. ever. Um, okay, Singapore Zoo, San Diego Zoo, Chester Zoo in the UK. I've been there. That's actually a really good zoo. Um, oh, Wellington Zoo in New Zealand. The Bronx Zoo in the States. Beijing Zoo in China. They have a lot of pandas. <laughs> Toronto Zoo in Canada. Ah, I've been to this one too. Berlin Zoo in Germany. Huh. And Basel Zoo in Switzerland. So there you have it. Yeah. I was... The... the uh... This the uh, Switzerland Zoo, like uh, that, really. I was like, "Oh, I'd like to go there," but I don't know. <laughs> Let's get there at some point. And now, okay, hang on. I'm gonna have another look at another um, list just to see, right? Because that was on like Webjet.com. Yeah. So, wait, the 12 best zoos in the world, according to Escape. Hmm. Okay, number 12 is Basel Zoo in Switzerland. 
God, this is one of those annoying ones that's going to have a different one on every page. Toronto Zoo in Canada. Um, they are still barking. The next door neighbors must be. See this now. now I hear them. They're saying they're driving me. They're driving me crazy right now. I'm being really nice, but on the inside, I'm just like screaming at them to stop barking. I may have, by the way, thrown a thing, few things at any point across the room because I hide in my bedroom to podcast with you. (laughs) And um. Yes, I may have thrown a few things across the room just to try to distract them from whatever it is that they're looking at. I mean, the other option is that I go out there and settle them down and you'll actually get to hear firsthand what Pug Mama sounds like. Oh, Edinburgh Zoo is number eight on this list. I've never been there. I do love Scotland. Oh, the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa. Which zoo is that? Um, that's in Pristoria in South Africa. Mm. Oh, this one is in Vienna. I'm not going to attempt to say the name. <laughs> and then Bronx Zoo is number five on this one. Berlin is number four on this one. San Diego is number three. Singapore is number two. And Ah, huh. Australia did not rank at all in the 12 best zoos for this one. Henry Dooley Zoo in Nebraska hmm. is number one. Interesting. Right. Okay. I am really, really sorry. This is probably highly unprofessional, but I need to calm them down because they're driving me crazy. It's real life. It is real life. What are we barking at? What are we barking at? What are we doing? Oh, oh, we need to go outside, which means someone's dog is in the backyard. And they're like, Mommy, why are you torturing us by making us inside? Out you go. And then there was silence. There you go. I am so sorry about that. Well, you weren't really even yelling. I mean, you know, it's fine. Oh, no, I don't. I, I, I talk to them. Yes. I have conversations with my dogs. <laughs> Where literally I came home today and they had stolen. The pantry door had been left open. <laughs> and they had stolen a tin of baked beans. And a tin of brown rice, a packet of brown rice, right? Yeah. They'd not eaten either. And I kind of supported them in that because I don't like baked beans. That's why they're in my pantry. (laughs) Because every time I go to my best friend's mom's place, she sends me home with groceries. Yes. And I, I, I like white rice. I can't bring myself to eat brown rice. I've not tried it. I, you know, I just, I, I like, I prefer white rice too. I know a lot of times people think brown rice is healthier. Eh. Just give me white, white rice if I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I just think, I think that if your diet is at a point where you honestly think 
your rice is making a difference. Oh, people do. Because realistically, I, I mean, and that said, I don't have rice every week. I might make I might make one or two meals a month, three meals a month that need rice. Yeah. I'm happy to have half a cup of white rice three times a month. Yeah, I don't it's really something that um it's it's funny because last night we we had blackened chicken here and my wife was like, I'm gonna make rice and I'm always my reaction with rice is always like, eh. I mean, every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, it's not my. Yeah, every once in a while I'll eat it, but typically, no. I'm fine. <laughs> so. Is blackened chicken, is that like when I told people I made Cajun chicken, but really I just burn it a little bit? Well, it, it's, it's, I didn't even burn it. What I did is I put the blackened seasoning on it and then I put it in the <laughs> oven and then that was that. But it was actually, it was, it turned out all right. I'm very, it, it's funny. I don't spend a lot of, I, I'm not intricate in the kitchen. I'm just like, oh, let's put this. I mean, I, I know how to cook, but yeah, my, my meals, very straightforward, very simple. I, I'm a good cook, but I don't like it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like there are all these people that are like, oh, I love making fresh food and I love cooking for my family and not. <laughs> I like eating fresh. I like eating good food. I like eating. I I, I suppose I I'm not a big fan of heavy heavy food anymore. Okay. But I also just can't be asked cooking sometimes. Yeah, it's it it takes a lot of time. <laughs> it takes effort, and <laughs> you don't always want to put that in. Um. So as I am now, I've got the zoo page up. And did you know that Fiona and the other hippos, there's an, they have an indoor beach with indoor pools for when it's cold. <gasps> oh, I did not. I did not know that. But what I have realized from the Cincinnati Zoo page is that Fiona is very good at selfies. Yes, she is. I'm not getting a selfie with Fiona is now on my bucket list. There you go. And I even have a hippo brooch that I would wear if ever I got to meet Fiona. (laughs) Because I would want her to know that, like, hi, that's Rachel, the redhead from Australia, with the Kuvu hippo brooch. That's a bit of a plug there for you, Erswada. You're welcome. There you go. Um, Yeah. So it'd be, like, me and Fiona and Kuvu all hanging out, like, homies. I think that's... I, she really does take good selfies. It's it's she pretty really funny. does. She's a hippo. How is she good at selfies? But she is. She just smiles. I love Fiona. Yeah, she's definitely. She's she's quite the celebrity. Oh, see, I looked yesterday, and there's been two more pictures put up since I looked. Because when I looked yesterday, the otters with the ice blocks on their head yes <laughs> with the um yeah that was the last thing that i'd seen and then there's the beautiful new photo of fiona and now there's a red panda picture and they have a sloth did you see they got a sloth let's see the sloth hold on 
I'm oh slowly gosh, getting that. there. Ah, ha ha ha. Um, Mo, that's his name. Mo. Mo the sloth. Mo the sloth. I'm like oh I'm gosh. I'm I'm like super psyched that at some point in my life I will get to selfie with Fiona. That is my goal. I, she's that pretty she's pretty hard to get to, and it's like um, I was watching. Well, I, I sent you the, the one of the YouTube videos that they did, but she people go and it's it's a spectacle. Like people go to see her all the time in hopes of getting selfies with Fiona. So I, I hope. That uh, if you ever have the chance, I hope you're able to get a selfie with her. I am super, super patient with stuff like that too, by the way. I should tell you, um, so I have told you before that I really, really love dugongs. You guys call them manatees. We call them dugongs. Yes. Um, I feel technically dugongs are a type of manatee, but anyway, we call them dugongs. Um, and they have two dugongs at the Sydney Aquarium. Sydney Aquarium in Darling Harbour. Sorry, that's the commercial on TV. Sydney Aquarium in Darling Harbour. Um, And I went with a friend and she underestimated how much I wanted a selfie with the dugong because we went past and they were sort of eating lunch and she's just like, oh, yeah, okay. And she went to keep walking and I'm like, no, 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 Bridget, I'm here for a selfie with the dugong. She's like, but they're eating. And I'm like, I can wait. Mm, I got time. <laughs> and I did. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And she went on and looked at something else. And I waited. And eventually I got my selfie. So this basically is a message to Fiona that you will be waiting. That I'm coming for her at some point. There you go. And I will be patient. But that if meeting her and having a selfie with her is on my to-do list then I will not leave without that selfie. There you go. There's more than one hippo there, right? I mean, I can always fake it with another one and say it was me, no, but I wouldn't. No, you couldn't actually because she's the, – the big draw with Fiona is that she was uh, a preemie hippo, so she's smaller than the others. She's smaller than the others. I kind of love Fiona. Yep. How am I, like, disattached to another animal? I, I don't know. On the other this, side of the this world. really, well, I, I mean, this speaks to the drawing power that this hippo has. This is true. Yeah. and But it really does come back to the selfies that she takes. They're hilarious. She's constant, she keeps good face. Huh? She does. She knows like how to Rita work Hayworth. the angles. She's like the hippo version of Rita Hayworth, because Rita Hayworth gave good face. Oh, jeez. You see, because all you have to do is look at all the tagged photos of the zoo. There is quite a few people that have tagged selfies of themselves. Yes. With Fiona. Yes. Aww. That's Fiona's goals. Fiona's goals. I think you'll meet her. I think it'll happen. At some point, it'll happen. It's on my list. Oh, that's exciting now. Someday. 
Whoopi Craig's Fiona. I'm not as desperate as I sound. <laughs> well, you might be. That's okay. I mean, I am, but that's okay. <laughs> oh wow! You can, but you know that you can have experiences with her. That's not surprising. The zoo has behind-the-scenes experiences. Now I'm on their website. Hanging with the Hippos is available from May to September. You're going to have a membership before this episode's over. Oh, it's expensive, though. It's $600 for two guests. That's, I mean, obviously, the money all goes back into everything. Oh, so the experience supports the animals in care and also raises money, uh, awareness and money for the Uganda Waterways Project. Uh, Oh, you see, you can have an experience with the sloth. If that included cuddling a sloth, I could be down for that. It must, because you have to sign a liability waiver. And that one's way cheaper. That one's $250 instead of $600. You are totally going to end up, you're going to be, I mean, you're going to have a membership. (laughs) You're going to have these packages. And then you're probably going to buy some zoo swag also. Yeah. And I'm going to have to like, I'm going to want to go back so many times that I'm going to have to end up extending your house so that I can come and live with you because it's the only way that I can fund yeah. it. Don't worry. To, you know, tell your wife not to worry. I'm very good at dishes. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, you're, you're just, you're, you, you basically would be here for the hippo. So. Well, that's um. it. You know, I'm like the best house guest to have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you're you're getting sucked in. You're going to have a membership. You're going to be you're going to be spending. They'll they will ship your merchandise to you for free. That's how much money you've spent. That is so cool. Already. Do you know what I like? I like that. Um, I like that. I like going to zoos in different countries. Like, <laughs> I like that. I am that person that goes to zoos in different countries. I like that you plan out meetings with specific animals and tell everybody about it. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I, um, Chester Zoo was a lot of fun. My favorite photo I've ever taken of anything was of the flamingos at Chester Zoo. Um, but then I also really liked that photo of me that you liked with the giraffes at Taronga Zoo. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, it it's funny, and I know I've said this more than once, but I, I almost forget that you're a photographer too. <laughs> <laughs> like we just don't always, you know, get to that. It's just it's something that I love doing and I and I sort of feel bad because there are people that sort of feel like I should be more into it than I am. At one stage, I contemplated what it would be like to run it as a viable business. But as time's gone on, I think I like it better as just something that I do because I love to do it. 
Yeah, I think then, that's, that's awesome. You know, and and because I'm I'm being completely and utterly realistic in this, I am a good photographer, but I'm not. Maybe with a lot of work, I could be brilliant, but there are people that are brilliant with it, and they are the people that should be making and living out of it. And I am the person that will do really nice birthday birthday party photos for you. I'm that great relative to have, you know. And every now and then, I'll get a photo, and everybody everybody will go, "Wow!" And then people will ask me what kind of camera I use because, yeah, it's a camera. Well, I would, and, you know, if you have something that you enjoy doing, it's great. Um, Wanting to make and operate a viable business out of it is a completely different thing because then you're actually trying to put yourself out there to compete with other people that are trying to do the same thing. And it's, 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 I think if you're going to start a business, you have to enjoy what you're doing, but it's a whole different, like, it's completely different than than just finding something you like doing and doing it because you enjoy it. So I, I think what yeah. you're saying, I, I think you're probably, that, that's a good way to do it, the way you're doing it now. I would agree. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at pictures of Fiona. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know what? We're, we're captivated by the zoo today. I totally get it. <laughs> we really are. Yeah. I was, um, what was I going to ask you? Um, so, have you? Is it has it been on the news over there about Notre Dame? Um, it are, are we talking about the cathedral? Yes, we are talking about the cathedral. Yes. It, and it not the football been. team. Yeah, it it has been. Um, I'm not one that watches much of the news. But yeah. I know that my wife was watching it last night. It's very sad. Yeah. I have been there. I have been there. I, do you know what? I am, the, I did not get Paris on its best day. Everyone talks about Paris and it's amazing. And I, I just got Paris at a really bad time. Um, it was a massive, uh, civil servant strike when I was there. Mm. There was military everywhere. There was rioting and, um, there was absolutely no public transport except for taxis. So Paris proved very expensive because this was in the days before Uber. Um, and, and Paris was really grey. It's like, it's funny. Everybody talks about London being grey. And I got to London. Like, we landed in London. It was freezing. To us, it was freezing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I come from a tropical nation. Yes. It was freezing, but it was sunny. So it was very pretty. And so we were on, it, it was quite funny. We are on an open-top bus tour wearing sunglasses and scarves <laughs> and you know, big jumpers and stuff. Um, and by the time we got to Paris, it was grey, but it was sort of about 10 degrees. And by that stage, we had gotten used to it being 10 degrees. So that wasn't cold. We were at the top of the open bus tour 
and we had been on the bus for an hour and I literally, my body was starting to convulse. I was so cold. <laughs> and I, and I said to, I was traveling with a really good friend of mine. And I said to him, we, we, we need to get off at the next stop. I need to go to one of those tacky souvenir shops and I need to find myself a hat and a scarf and gloves. <laughs> I'm freezing. And that's exactly what I did. And that was the day that we went to Notre Dame and, um, and to be honest, we only went inside because it was free. I, I didn't, to me, it was afterwards that I realised how profound and amazing a thing it was that I'd gotten to see it. And when we went inside, it was beautiful and it was glorious and it was just incredible. I mean, because everybody talks about the outside, don't they? And they talk about the, um, the bell tower and, and the whole... Quasimodo thing and um and it was a really windy day when we were there and they weren't letting people up the bell tower because it wasn't safe and um so we didn't get to go up but we went through the cathedral and it just was glorious and incredible and it's just always really sad for me when parts of history disappear yeah in in places where history doesn't disappear right you know um berlin is one of my favorite cities that i've ever visited and what i love about berlin is that it is the definition of resilience that city has been bombed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt so many times but paris isn't like that paris is original you know everything is as it was and with Notre Dame it had been there for close to a thousand years yeah it's well and and what I'm seeing they have extinguished extinguished the fire and they've got hundreds of millions of dollars pledged to rebuild it which is good, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it had been untouched history, and now it's going to have to be uh, renovated and rebuilt. Mm. And I like, look, I think part of my fascination with history is that I come from a really young country. I, I always think it's really funny. Um, the first time that I was in London. They talked about Buckingham Palace being one of the the newer buildings. <laughs> it opened in 1826. Um, my country was only discovered in 1788. So <laughs> Buckingham Palace is pretty much older than yeah. basically anything in Australia. Uh, you know, any buildings here. Um the part of Sydney that I live in is actually one of the oldest parts of Sydney and we are due to celebrate our bicentenary next year. So we are 200 years old. Um, but we're a very young nation in terms of nations and we're very young when it, in terms of history. Not counting, of course, the Indigenous history, which goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um. But, yeah, in, in terms of that, and so I, I loved going to places like London and, and, and 
You know, I I loved going to Chester where you see the Roman ruins from, from when Rome ruled England. Like far before anything that we sort of really experienced or, or learnt about. And and it's just it's always sad. It's you know change is a part of life, but yeah, it's still, and it's it's so sudden. I mean, when and I think is. that's what really it it's permanent, but but also sudden. And it's like wow, when when something like this happens, and you know, this has stood for almost a thousand years, and now it's gone. Um, yeah, and 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 like it's and and in some cases, it's not even a thousand years. You know, I remember I had. A sister, I think two of my sisters had been to New York while the towers were still up. Yeah. And they're photos of New York. And then anybody who's been to New York since, you know, and even just when you're watching the beginning of old sitcoms, when they play that stereotypical scene of Manhattan, yeah. stereotypical scene of New York, and there they are. And now they're not, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah, obviously different, different reasons behind these things, but it's, I know things can't always stay the same, but sometimes it makes me wonder if there will be, because there will be generations of people that never remember what they were like or what they were there or when they were there or it all just becomes history. Well, and what um, and what's really interesting about how how yeah generations grow up without it, you know, with New York, um, the Twin Towers were always part of it. But even you know now talking to our son about it, like he wasn't even around when nine eleven happened, and to to them that is history because they weren't here for it and they hear about it oh my gosh yeah, yeah. and it's like for you and i i mean that yeah that's not yeah, history that just that's like is something that happened exactly yeah exactly so yeah and it's and weird it never to see feels that. that long ago does it no no and that's why whenever whenever i see something that has like a time stamp on it and you're you're thinking oh okay like it doesn't seem to me like 2000 was was uh, 19 years ago and and yeah, people that are, um, you know, 2001 with, with 9-11, like it just doesn't, it, I still remember what the weather was like here. I still remember that day and I still remember. I remember yeah. everything about that day. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, and it's funny because you hear people talk about things like that. I remember my mom talking about the day that Kennedy got shot Yeah, and that it was such a big deal in Australia. Like it, it, it was such a big deal for you guys that it came all the way over here in a time when we didn't have instant technology and things like that. And, and that she was devastated yeah. because he was a symbol of forward thinking was what she told me. This my mother who can be very poetic at times. He was a symbol of forward thinking. And I remember doing I remember doing a project on JFK when I was sort of probably about 10 world leaders, right? 
And um, and her explaining to me just how profound it was, what happened to him and what a moment in history it was. And and as I've gotten older, I've 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 failed to see that moments were moments in history when I was living them, you know. And so it's sort of like there are certain you my mum my mum always told me that there are certain moments in your life where you will always remember where you were. You will always remember where you were when that happened. I remember September 11, which actually was September 12 here. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it happened in the very last minutes of September 11 in Australia. Yeah. And I had gotten up, I'd gotten dressed to go to uni. And my sister was coming home from night shift. She was a nurse, she was coming home from night shift. And I was brushing my teeth and she was sitting on on the toilet because that was the kind of family we were. And she said to me, hey, did you hear about America? And I'm like, no, because I've been listening to a CD while I've gotten ready and gotten dressed. And I, I, was, I had five minutes to, before I had to leave for my bus. And I put the TV on and I didn't move for seven hours. And I remember that. I remember that. I I remember my mum getting up and saying to me, oh, it happened two minutes before I was going to go to bed. She said, and I didn't go to sleep until about four this morning. And I remember that they didn't mark attendance at university that week, that they did counselling sessions for anybody that wanted it because it wasn't, it, it obviously wasn't the first terrorist attack, but it was the first time that terror really came into our lounge room like that yeah. um, in, in a country that hadn't had war or hadn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was the, you, of course, you know what I mean. You live through <laughs> it too. <laughs> well, and, and what's fascinating, I mean, we had, they weren't really taking attendance at university, but they were, like it wasn't it, it's interesting they it seems like they were talking about it well no, i mean they they it was all that that was on here and it was all that anybody was thinking about because see at that time like you said we hadn't really had anything happen on us soil that was the first time that that mm-hmm. had happened so you you were always thinking like okay is this what day-to-day life is going to be like now and it was just it was really it was a, I remember it was actually a very warm, sunny day here. It was spring here yeah. too. Yeah, it was yeah. I mean, it was, it was a little, a little warmer than normal. And I remember, uh, cause I, that happened on a Tuesday and I actually, at that time, that particular <laughs> semester, um, I think I was taking all my classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? I, for whatever, I didn't have a class Tuesday morning, so I was asleep. And um, oh. I'd gotten a call from my mom, like, you know, did you see what, ha- you know, did you hear about this? And I, uh, I remember I actually signed on to, uh, signed on to AOL and, you know, they had like <laughs> the news, they had like the news screen and that was, uh, yeah. that was, yeah, that, that was all that was going on. That's all anybody was talking about. And we had this thing here um, that day where it's, it, it really is interesting to kind of how, you know, 
people don't really th- you, you when you're when a situation like that happens i mean you're you're thinking irrationally and it's understandable but i remember here like gas had gone up to five dollars a gallon i remember that no apparent like there was no reason and if you think through it now it's like well it wasn't like we ever got our fuel resources from you know the the countries that they were saying all this originated from it's like why is this gas going up and then it was you know i found out it was some because people panic well people panic and there was also some enterprising <laughs> people take station advantage owners. of the yeah that, that was <laughs> and, and you're like that's that's disgusting and interesting and, and crazy all at the same time um was it was it peter jennings that was the the news reporter yeah. for it yeah he would have been i remember that because because this australia you have to realize we we have our own news reporters yeah you know and i know who diane sawyer is because of the michael jackson interview yeah. you know i know a lot more now since we've gotten pay tv so sort of say in the last 10 years barbara walters i only knew because of the view um it, it would have been jennings, either peter jennings was... i think peter jennings was still on then but also dan rather was still on um yeah and i mean just just thinking back and it's funny on how that that was the first massively reported news event that i can remember other than when they were trying to impeach bill clinton uh and you had all that that was the first media circus that that i really remember um yeah and i'm just looking up now because i i remembered the face of who it was yeah um it was peter jennings and he was on hours yeah he was on for hours and hours and hours and i remember that and he was just such a calming presence um i remember that and it's like um yeah they say they say certain things so i've just had a look at who dan rather is and no it was peter jennings that i remember yeah um i remember Princess Diana. Yeah. That one. Yes. Because that happened in the middle of the night in in Europe and the UK. I remember I was sat in my lounge room with my sister. I was 15. We were watching Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> and um, they interrupted Jane Seymour uh, with news that Princess Diana had been in a car accident. and And it's so funny because... You hear back now that there was the stories of, you know, she she had been in an accident, nothing, she'd walked away, da, da, da. So when we were watching it unfold, because the country where it happened and all the countries around it were all asleep. So they woke up to Princess Diana being dead. We watched the, apparently she's walked away, nothing minor, broken, uh, nothing major, broken wrist. And then within an hour, she was dead. And that was what, and and that was, I remember having that moment of, that was the first time that I really thought about it and went, my mum was right. And for the rest of my life, so what, she she died, what, 20 years ago now? Um, 21 years ago now. 22. Yeah, nearly, oh, goodness. Gosh, nearly 22 years ago now. Um, for the rest of my life, 
I have remembered. So for 22 years, I have remembered that I was watching Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman in my lounge room. And it was also a sunny day. But yeah. And it's just, it's it's funny because we never realize it's going to be history, do we? We we don't realize. I I was watching a documentary the other day on um, Diana. Thanks, uh, Netflix. Um, Because it was obviously made on the 20th anniversary. And her brother had made the documentary and he had made it because he said that he'd made it for the generation that was born after she died. That to them, she was just some beautiful woman in history and he wanted them to know just what she'd done, what she had done for things like landmines and, and all of those things. And, and it, yeah, it was, one of those moments where you thought, wow, I remember when that history happened. And there are those moments in, in my life that I will be able to tell my children. I remember when Australia said sorry to the stolen generation. Took a fucking long time, by the way. Took a fucking long time. But I remember when that happened. I remember when Australia said it didn't matter who you loved in the sense of marriage, you could marry someone of the same gender or someone of the opposite gender. That again, it took a fucking long time, but we got there. Yeah. You know, we, we got there reasonably quick for a country that like what, however many years ago, it was actually legal to still be a homosexual in Tasmania. Um, so, we, so we got across the line pretty quick considering we were that way thinking for a very long time. Um, you know, and these are <clears throat> moments in history. I remember Columbine. Yeah. I cannot tell you the names of all the other schools, but I remember Columbine because I was a 17-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl when that happened. We had, you know, and see, this is, it, it's, we're talking about, and this is why our generation is is an interesting one because we remember what life was like before all this. This stuff that mm-hmm. that unfor- that really unfortunately has become the most commonplace now. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely seventeen years old when Columbine happened, and then we had um, the next year. So that was ninety nine. Was it? It was either, was it on the one-year anniversary? Um, we had a kid threaten to do that at our school. And um, we ended up, like, you didn't know how to to approach that subject. So, like, a bunch of us stayed home. It's like, yeah, not worth it. Um, yeah. And then, because they, they had that come up at my son's school about a few months ago. And we were just like, nope, you're not going. Um, even to the point of where he, because um, this stuff had spread through, spread because of social media, and uh, so there there were rumblings of a threat, and just looking at the the and the school was doing the best they could, to, and the district was doing the best they could to manage it, but we took one look at that email, we're like, yeah, we're not sending you, and they wound up uh, because there was. I don't know if they were really connected or if it was a copycat, but they ended up having uh, a threat that afternoon and the school was on lockdown. Like you could not get your kids at two in the afternoon. So 
we were like, yeah, we made the right choice. And really for that entire, that that's kind of what it is now is there's, there's threats on these schools all the time. And Mm. it's like, you figure most of them aren't credible, but all it takes is one of them to be. And it's, it's something that growing up, we never thought about until Columbine because that started the whole thing. It's, it's funny. It's funny. The changes that are made and it's Columbine. It's not funny. None of this is funny. Sure. No, of course. It's, it's funny. The changes that have been made. (laughs) There is a new pet cemetery movie that is being released and me being me went, Hey, let's watch the old pet cemetery movie. (laughs) And in it, her family met them on the tarmac and walked them to the gate. And you used to be able to do that. Do you remember that? Yeah. International flights used to be amazing because you weren't by yourself in an airport for four hours before your plane. You, you forced the people that loved you to be, with you and that and you know and then it was just at the very last minute that you sort of went through that last little bit and with without them there and these are these are things that generations won't understand what it was like to go through an airport and not have to take your shoes off yeah i just i like i I remember that going to spain with my bestie the other year and the guys were like, how come you guys got through uh, security so much faster than us? And we're like, because we're wearing flip-flops. They're like, ah. Oh. And because all the guys were wearing shoes, they literally had to take their shoes off. Whereas with flip-flops, they can see, you're not concealing a weapon. Yeah. Walk on through. Yeah. Thanks. But, you know, this was stuff that nobody thought of you thought of plane hijackings when you watched you know obscure russian terrorist movies because the russians were the terrorists back then yes um but yeah you, you these things became our reality and they became our reality so much that we almost forget that they weren't like that i had forgotten that airports weren't particularly lonely places you know that airports were places of celebration and and greeting and sad goodbyes and and all of those things yeah yeah poignant moment for you there well it's just it's we live in a completely different world now and we we do end up I, I mean, and it, like the security at airports, it's just become commonplace now. It's just, yeah. you know, you don't even think about it. You think about now every time that you fly out, no matter which airport it is, it got to be there two hours ahead of time. You get through security and security is much faster than, than what it was when when all this started. I remember, you know. yeah, I remember, I, I remember about two years after everything and that was just horrendous. And now it's sort of, it's quite quick, depending. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I, I mean, look, you, you just, it's necessary. It's, it's what has to happen. And you just kind of say, okay, well, we just got to be there earlier. You know, no big deal. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Um, 
yeah, I, I mean, the, the world itself has changed in so many different ways. And it's, it, it's funny because I, day to day, you don't think about this stuff, but then when something happens, you stop and it all kind of comes back and you're thinking about, okay, where were you when, when all of this happened? And, and I think the whole thing with, with Diana, when that happened for me, it was like, this happened because the, I mean, like these photographers, they, they, they seriously like, it, it was gone to this level that there was a high speed chase because people were, were, you know, you're, you're chasing people now. I mean, it was just kind of like, is this really the extent to which all this goes? But, you know, mm. and that to me is kind of when you think of where the media was then to where it was with, you know, mentioned Clinton and then nine 11 and Columbine and all this stuff, we now have the 24 hour news media. And I think that has a lot to do why, I mean, people, I think in general are just anxious now we're on edge and we're on edge because I think when these events happen, you know, you mentioned sitting there and watching the news for seven hours and it was calming. Well, I think they figured out that, yeah, we can do 24 hour news, but we can also do 24 hours spend and we can do 24 hours, this and 24 hours, that and, you know, anxious people will sit there and watch it for longer than, you know, calm and relaxed people. So it's, it really has, uh, it's changed everything, I think. I would agree. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's one of those things where, because we, we talk a lot how, on, on how things have changed in the last, you know, well, since we've been alive. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk about the good, like we talk about how easy it is to connect with people from around the world and just how, um, just, just how amazing it is that, you know, you're able to do that thing with your friend, as your uh, friends would say. But, you know, it, it's, there, there's been a lot of changes in the last couple of decades. It's, it's really a, a lot to think about. And it, it seems like it was yesterday, but it, it, uh, clearly time has passed i'm actually really i this is gonna sound horrendous i'm actually really grateful that mainstream social media didn't come about until we were sort of in our 20s really i mean face my space on facebook we were in our 20s instagram closer to our 30s um I'm really grateful for that and i'm grateful for that for a few reasons one of which is um most of my really bad fashion choices have been kept out of yes uh, unless I choose to make a point yes um I also <laughs> I also uh, made some questionable makeup choices yes um 1999 and 2000 uh where frosted eyeshadow and uh like iridescent lip gloss. It was very in, okay. Brittany and Mandy Moore have a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, and, and girls that, like myself, were so desperate to be blonde that we had this horrible yellow hair. It wasn't blonde. It wasn't gold. It was just kind of straw-like. Where your mo- And your mother would look at your hair and just go, that's such beautiful natural hair. And you're like, nobody wants mousy hair. Was that because you uh, was that because you used so much sun in that it came up with that straw color? Oh my gosh! Yes, I had sun in. That's hilarious. And if it wasn't a particularly sunny day, you'd just use your hair dryer. There you go. That's funny. <laughs> that worked, by the way. That worked. 
Um, and yeah, and so so I'm really grateful that most of my fashion choices. I'm really grateful that the first times that I got drunk, yeah, there was no social media. Well, and I think um, that's I, I think that's something that you know since we've kind of grown up with this as it's evolved, and it's still a lot. I think that's why a lot of people end up taking breaks. I think that's why a lot of people fall into the comparison trap because it can be very overwhelming. But at absolutely. least for for us, we've we've grown up with it and we see it you know as adults we see as, it yes yeah. the internet is forever if you put something out on the internet you know anyone can find it whereas yeah you're talking about you know choices that we made as teenagers and 20 somethings uh the teenagers and 20 somethings that are out there now don't really have that that no they of, don't have that same freedom that we had right and they don't have well and they don't have the kind of well, they, some of them, some of them do have the same freedom. They don't really have the perspective that, you know what, you're putting yourself out there for everyone to see and anyone can yeah. see it. And they're not, everybody's going to think what you're doing is cute or hilarious. And, and just, and just certain things, right? Because, okay, being brutally honest here, I remember being a teenager. I remember my early 20s. I remember kissing the wrong people. I remember losing my virginity. I remember all of these things. I'm very grateful that those are not moments that were on social media. And by that, I mean, obviously, losing your virginity is not something that's usually put on social media, but there's that, you know, in a relationship with, not in a relationship with. I'm very grateful that social media wasn't around for those moments for me. Um, but what I'm most grateful for is that we somehow were lucky enough to be in an age where we got to embrace social media, but we were also old enough to not be caught in the whirlwind of it in terms of high school and bullying right? and all of those things, you know, slut shaming and everything. I mean, the most high school was with uh, internet with us was like, AOL and MSM Messenger, right? I remember that. But I'm really grateful because, you know, I hear people on Instagram a lot talk about their weight problems and how they've been bullied for their weight their whole life. Now, for starters, if you're going to bully someone because they're fat, you're an asshole and stop doing it. Exactly. Um, If you're going to bully someone for anything superficial, if you're going to bully someone, stop being an asshole and deal with whatever is that is inside you that's making you sad enough to want to pick on somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Um, because bullies are not okay. It, but that said, if someone is nasty to you, it's okay to, you know, it's okay to be nasty to them if you want to be. I would probably look at why they're being nasty to you in the first place. It's their problem, not yours. It, but this is easier to be easier said than done. You right. know, there used to be a stage when we were teenagers, right, where if you were at school and you got bullied, well, you still had the luxury of going home. Right. And the worst that they could do would be crank call your house, in which case all you did was take your phone off the hook. But the internet has allowed people the ability to, you, you can't take the phone off the hook, right? And so it's really, really difficult to avoid bullying and slut shaming and all of these things, right? I am grateful that I am not at school in these sort of situations 
Um, and I'm also grateful that I was either really, really ignorant to what people were saying behind my back in high school, or I'm just always been that person that went, hey, you do your way, I'll do mine. Um, in terms of not letting people get me down. But I, I think truthfully, I was probably really ignorant about it because I've always cared a little too much what people think. Um, yeah, go. Well, I just, I think say. that, uh, I mean, a, a couple of things, like when we talk about, um, we have been able to see kind of how this stuff evolves and matures and, and, you know, uh, the, cl- the, the clear answer on bullying is yes. If you're bullying somebody for anything, it is absolutely a reflection on you, the person doing the bullying. Um, and we do say that, yes, it's much easier said than done for anyone that's on the receiving end of that to just, you know, shake it off or be like, okay, why is it that this person is doing that? Or, you know, like I, um, I, I, you have to, you really have to have a level of self-confidence to where that stuff doesn't bother you. Go ahead. And you know what? Tell someone. Yeah. Tell someone. Don't keep that shit to yourself. Don't do it because it will eat you from the inside. Yeah. And it's not, it's not about you. I know it sounds awful because they're saying horrendous things about you, but it's not about you at all. It's about the person that's saying it. And it's about what they're feeling or their Well, and it's, it's funny because, because when you yeah. see it, I think just about anyone else that sees it going on, uh, will absolutely see that it's about the person that's making the comment uh, and not the person it's directed at. And then I think once you can get to the point where you're able to look at it and say, yeah, this has nothing to do with me. This is about, you know, how they feel about their own you know, situation. Um, you know, then it but makes it's... it a little bit easier. That being said, I, and we've talked about this before. I think if you're feeling at all, you know, not just talking to someone, but, get professional counseling. Absolutely. Um, I think that we live in a, we live in a world right now where it's great because you are able to create your own experience. You're able to set your own boundaries. But the more I talk to people, the less of that I see that's going on. I, I think a lot of people, cause it's very easy to do because you've got so much information, so much things. Well, we self-medicate. Yeah. We have so many things coming at us and, and you know, the whole the whole thing with social media is interesting because, okay. And and you mentioned self-medication. There's a lot of people that use social media as their self-medication. It's their escape. But then when you're going to your escape and you're being hit with so many different things, um, you know, it's, I feel for it always. And I think the pot, I think podcasting is actually a good place to talk about this because you can really go into the different layers that are involved because see on the surface, I agree. And, and I agree with everything you're saying, by the way. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, on the surface, you would just say, okay, the bullying, that's more about them than you, you know, don't let it bother you. If it is bothering you, you should absolutely talk to someone. Yes. But here's the different layers that, that go into that. And it's, it's while we can make it a very straightforward, simple thing, and there's a very straightforward and simple answer to it. Uh, I do feel for anybody that's dealing with it because, you know, it just, it ends up consuming your entire, you know, most of your thought process, if not your entire day to day. And and it's, it's, it's crazy how out of hand some of this stuff can get. 
I think as well, right? It's, it's all very easy for me to sit here and tell you to tell someone. Here's the thing. Most parents work now. Yeah. Um, and look, to be completely honest, I, I had the kind of adolescence with a mum who was older, um, you know, and, and my mum wasn't particularly well during my adolescence. Uh, my father had passed away and my sister was working a lot in order to just basically keep us afloat. Yeah. Anytime I mentioned anything to do with money, school excursions, anything, my mum would burst into tears. Sure. So I stopped telling her. I stopped asking. I stopped wanting. It is okay if you're a teenager and you don't feel that you can talk to your parents about these sort of things. Yes. It is okay to, to not be able to do that, to not feel comfortable having that conversation. But what you need to do is you need to look at the adults in your life that you do feel comfortable having that kind of conversation with. There are teachers that will listen. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There will be adults that will be too busy to listen. They will not realise how important this is. But there are people in your life that will listen. And if they don't, we have helplines for that reason. There is always someone who will listen, that will listen to what you're going through, who will, if nothing else, give you a safe place to talk. But tell somebody. Well, and I think the other thing is, is don't minimize, don't try to minimize the feelings that you have. Don't. No, absolutely. And, and absolutely do not look at this as a sign of weakness um, because, you know, we're all human and humans are emotional creatures. I don't care what type of, you know, uh, stereotypes there are, we're all emotional to some extent. And uh, it seems like the more people try to suppress their emotions, the worse off they end up being the more. I would agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I think that, um, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy world that we live in now. There's a lot of really, really good things, but you're really towing the line because, you know, we're not, we're not adapted for this. This change has happened so fast. And, you know, you and I can think back to a, a simpler time. And I know a lot of times that's the big thing people want to come back to is, oh, you know, um, people are on their devices too much. They're on their screens. They're not, you know, they can't communicate face to face and all this other stuff. But the thing is, is our, our world is not going to get less connected. It's only going to increase. So yeah, you, you really, it, it's on the individual to be able to set the boundaries and, and create space for themselves. And that's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard. To okay. do. Yeah. And, and I think if we're talking about the good old days, I must resort to the words of the wise philosopher, Billy Joel. <laughs> the good old days weren't always good and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I think... I actually think that a really good question for this week's podcast is what would you tell your 17 year old self? Ooh. 
I like that. Yeah. Well, you just. I would tell my 17 year old self to wear a whole lot more sunscreen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moisturize is important. Yes. Yes. Um, Um, I would tell myself to get my license younger. I think that's something that held me back. I don't, I'm not somebody like, you know, those people that say no regrets. I'm not somebody that has no regrets, Right. but I, my, there are things that I'd wish I'd done differently, but regrets is a big word too, but I wish that I'd gotten my license sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would just tell my 17 year old self that it, it's all going to work out. I mean, when I was 17, I was, I mean, I was, I was an average student in school. I tested really well, which is all they, which is really what ends up being the only thing they all really care about school. Well, see, I was the opposite. I mean, I tested okay, but I was off the charts every other day. I wasn't my, my grades in school were average at best. Um, I played, I, I cared way too much about what people think and I mean oh my god you know now I mean 20 years later do I still you know is is that are those thoughts and feelings still inside me sure but I just have other things that I you know tell myself now and a lot of that has come to the people that I have surrounded myself with over the last you know five years if we're talking about people outside of my household and And, you know, my wife has a huge part in all this. I mean, she was probably the first person that met me that really was like, you know, you can, uh, no, no, you're, you're, there's, there's some really, really good stuff here with you. And one thing that she'll say is that I was very, I was very quiet when she first met me. And she's like, now you won't shut up. She's like, now you're making up for lost time. Um, But yeah, I would just tell myself that it's all going to work out uh, because, you know, when the other thing is when you grow up and I know our buddy Gary Cantrell has mentioned this, but when you've been in special education at any point, you feel like you're behind, uh, being somebody that was born with a disability, you feel like you're behind. And I, I you know, that's pro- what I would just tell myself is it'll work out and you're not behind. So. I like that. Yes. So I think I like that question. And, you know, for any of you guys listening, let us know. What would you tell your 17-year-old self? Perfect. And if anybody goes to Cincinnati Zoo, can you please send me your selfies with Fiona? Yes, make sure to tag Rachel and the zoo. Yes, that too. Yeah, (laughs) you know, she's too busy organizing her meet and greet with Fiona. And getting all of her Zoom merch and everything else. So Yeah, forget Jennifer Garner and Drew Barrymore. Fiona totally wants to be my BFF. Wow. And that is how quick and sudden things change. So you guys might I know, I mean, I'd still be BFFs with both of them. By the way, I obviously didn't yeah. win the competition so for me. You guys, t- yeah, just make sure uh, when you tune in next week, I still might be the one co-hosting this with Rachel, but who knows? She might have a whole other co-host because she moves that fast. No, uh, I'll keep you as my co-host. Besides, Fiona can't talk yet. You don't know that. <laughs> she speaks hippo. Not enough people speak hippo. We need to work on that. Spread the word of hippo. Mm-hmm. And 
But yeah, I wonder, that's... If, Ju- I wonder if Duolingo <laughs> created as one of those uh, uh, languages because I was learning how to speak Spanish through yeah. Duolingo, but in the end, all I could do was tell somebody that I liked the blue jumper and that I knew how to order coffee. Well, the coffee thing's important. As long as you know how to order coffee, you'll be set. And I look good in blue, so that works too. There you go. <laughs> so with that, we will wrap it up for this week. Guys, let us know what you would tell your 17-year-old self. And until then, well, I'll talk to you, I guess, in about 48 hours. Sound good? I'll talk to you in 48 hours, my friend. All right. Take- talk to you then.